Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're talking with Christopher Wesley about his book, Rebuilding Confirmation, Because We Need More Than an- Another Graduation. Chris Wesley is Director of Youth Ministry at St. Joseph's Parish in Cockeysville, Maryland, and he's a youth ministry consultant with Marathon Youth Ministry. Chris is married to his wife, Kate, and together they have two boys, Matthew and Benjamin. He also serves as the president of the Uncuffed Ministries Board of Directors in Baltimore, and he's the author of Rebuilding Youth Ministry and the new book, Rebuilding Confirmation. He also writes content for DownloadYouthMinistry.com. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate being here. Great. So tell us a little bit about your your concept for confirmation programs in the Catholic Church. Why do you say we need more than another graduation? Uh, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. Um, when I decided to write this book, uh, I wasn't sure, and I remember talking to uh, my publisher about this, if I wanted to open up this can of worms or Pandora's box in yeah. a way, because... Uh, you know, for uh, confirmation, uh, even from my own personal experience, it was kind of this moment of, uh, or a milestone for me where I didn't have to go to religious education anymore, or I didn't need faith formation, or at least that's what I thought. Right. So it was the equivalent of like high school graduation. You know, I'm done. What is there next for me to do? Yeah, when I got confirmed, it was, I was in seventh grade, right. but it, it changed after that to be a high school thing. Exactly, exactly. Now, in the parish where I grew up in, in North Jersey, uh, there was youth group, um, and right. you could be a part of that, uh, so there was something to offer there, uh, but in so many other churches that I've either been involved in or gone to or talked to, uh, there really isn't much before, during, or after confirmation preparation. Right. Right. So you came up with this kind of model of saying there's got to be a better way to do this so that kids don't, once they hit confirmation, say, I'm done with religious ed. I don't need to be around the church anymore. I'm out of here. Right, right. So basically, one of the issues uh, that we saw when I was at Church of the Nativity, uh, when I wrote most of this book, was the fact that, you know, after confirmation, yes, some kids would hang around. But really, uh, the majority of them would kind of just go back to whatever. Um, And so we wanted to stop graduating kids from their faith after they graduated um, high school. And so it was really taking a look at what were some of the systems and structures that were broken or needed tweaking or fixed so that we could continue to grow disciples even after confirmation. Mm-hmm. Now you talk about the, in the book about the fact that classrooms don't really work well for confirmation prep. Um, you encourage dialogue and mentoring. Why does that format work better? Well, basically, uh, we're all designed to have relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. God created us to have a relationship with Him. We're designed to have relationships with one another. And one of the best ways that we learn are through those relationships. And so I thought a lot about the fact of, um, of, of the men that I've surrounded myself or I've been surrounded with a lot of different men and women who've spoken into my life. And I thought about who those people were, and they were all people I'd built a personal relationship with. Mm-hmm. And even though there's moments I can look back to where a, in a classroom or a lecture hall or a speech, someone had something that hit me profoundly, it wasn't um, as 
impactful as some of those one-on-one relationships. Mm -hmm. And so you're finding in your program that when you get rid of the classroom, when you get rid of the the, the talking head kind of, here's the textbook, this is what we want you to learn, and you have people just simply learn from other people who are already practicing their faith, that has a better impact? Yeah, exactly. And we're kind of seeing that in the secular world, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many people have coaches, you know, mm-hmm. coaches for, if it's a teenager, um, I know I have a friend who's a coach just for goalies for a high school team, you know, and uh, there are people who are music coaches and um you know, therapists and writing coaches and uh, life coaches. Life coaches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a coach for everything. So why not for spirituality? Yeah, that's a great idea. You also talk a lot in the book about the process for choosing a confirmation sponsor, and that that sponsor isn't necessarily the mentor that uh, that the the person chooses or is assigned to them during this process. Why is it so important to choose a sponsor, and, and what do you think people ought to be looking for? when they choose a, a confirmation sponsor. Yeah, so that was one of the system problems that we saw is that people were picking sponsors almost like this honorary sort of mm-hmm. uh, uh, situation and and they weren't really putting into thought like who this sponsor was, was supposed to be and one of the reasons was well, no one really knew. And a sponsor is someone who's supposed to walk with you in your faith, that person you go to, that coach, for lack of a better term, that you can consult anytime you're you know, you need accountability to, um, in your faith or struggling to talk with God. And so when we were designing the mentoring program at Nativity, we uh, looked at how a mentor should model what a sponsor should be. And we pointed that out to the candidates and their families and said, the sponsor you should pick who's going to take the baton after you receive the sacrament uh, should model what we're modeling for you here as a mentor. And so mm-hmm. someone who is active in their faith Someone who's willing to talk about the struggles as well as the triumphs in their in their relationship with God, uh, and then someone that you trust who's going to give you the hard truth, uh, hold you accountable to these things, but also uh, pick you up when you fall. Mm-hmm. I would guess that we have that same problem with parents choosing godparents for their children yeah. at baptism because you, you you pick the favorite aunt or uncle or right. the, the close friend, and not necessarily somebody who will be the spiritual guide for your child if something should happen to you or or even if it doesn't that you want somebody to be there as a a spiritual guide and you want the same thing from a confirmation sponsor that people ought to be choosing as a a godparent right definitely and actually uh when my son matthew was born that this was a conversation with my wife that kind of uh influenced uh the way that we're doing confirmation where we love our siblings Uh, we have wonderful siblings uh, but not all of them are engaged in their faith and in their church. And then plus, my wife and I... got I, a family like that, right, too. Right, right. And my wife and I are transplants. You know, we're both from out of state. So uh, we wanted to find people who were going to be around our kids as much as possible. And so, actually, the godparents of both of our sons are people that we met through our church family. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not blood-related, re- uh, but they are men and women that we felt exemplified the faith and wanted around our sons. That's great. Mm-hmm. You talked also a little bit about the process of choosing a confirmation name, and I, mm-hmm. it was interesting even for me to read that you don't really need to choose a confirmation name. You can stick with your baptismal name, and that, and that's fine, but you talked about that process and, and even your own process. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, man, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, so my confirmation name is Ezekiel, and uh, it was told to me that I could pick uh, a biblical name or a saint's name. 
And I remember just uh, sitting home, my mom, you know, we were under the gun of uh, having to pick this name. And my mom's like, well, just, you know, who do you want to be? And I, I didn't want to be John or Peter, and no offense to anyone who has those confirmation names, but it's like, I wanted something unique. So I opened up the Bible, I did Bible roulette, and the first name that pointed out was Jesus. And my mom strongly advised that I couldn't be Jesus or God or anything like that. So uh, I did it again, and Ezekiel popped up. Mm-hmm. And uh, little did I know um, that, you know, even though I was taking a chance on a name, that God was uh, giving me a name that, I, you know, the more I've learned about Ezekiel the prophet and just his role in the church, I'm like, well, how fitting is it that I, I work in a church and speaking to you teenagers prophet, can yeah. be like speaking to dry bones at times, yes. you know. And, yes. and uh, no, I, I don't claim to be a prophet of any sorts, but at least it's speaking to dry bones. Um, so with the confirmation name, it, it's an opportunity to be made anew um, again. You know, you think about some of the name changes in the Bible. You know, you've got uh, you've got um, Simon to Peter and, and Saul to Paul, and just the, the these people taking on these new names and these new identities in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when you're going through the confirmation process and, and uh, receiving that that gift and the Holy Spirit and that completion, you're you're kind of claiming a new identity that you didn't have before. Yeah. It is interesting you tell that story. My sister's confirmation name is Jesus. Oh, yeah. And and the reason that she ended up with that was that uh, the teacher told them, you know, told them to pick a confirmation name. And so when she chose this name and goes back to class and the teacher says, well, why did you choose that? You can't choose Jesus. And she said, you told us to pick a holy person that we want to emulate. The teacher's like, yeah, I guess I did. So, oh, okay, no, good great. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good enough. So she was able to, to move on with that. So her confirmation name is actually Jesus. There you go. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Chris Wesley, author of Rebuilding Confirmation, a new book from Ave Maria Press. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Cardinal William H. Keeler, the 14th Archbishop of Baltimore, an international leader in Catholic-Jewish relations and the driving force behind the restoration of America's first cathedral, died March 23rd at age 86. Please visit a special website, cardinalwilliamkeeler.com, for a comprehensive look at the life, accomplishments, and legacy of the Cardinal, who served as the spiritual shepherd of the Baltimore Archdiocese from 1989 until his 2007 retirement. Archbishop William E. Laurie recalled visiting Cardinal Keeler at his residence at St. Martin's Home for the Aged. The Archbishop said, quote, I would give him a report on my stewardship and told him many times we were striving to build upon his legacy, a legacy that greatly strengthened the church and the wider community, end quote. Among Cardinal Keeler's many accomplishments is the restoration of the Baltimore Basilica. He restored it to the vision of the famed architect who designed it, Benjamin H. Latrobe, who also had a hand in the U.S. Capitol. Archbishop Laurie said that the Basilica renovation has, quote, helped us recapture in the genius of this architecture and the beauty of this church our heritage. And if we love our heritage and we are secure in our heritage, then we can move forward, end quote. The Cardinal was also instrumental in the creation of Partners in Excellence, an archdiocesan program that has helped thousands from disadvantaged neighborhoods receive a sound Catholic education. Look for more coverage at CardinalWilliamHKeeler.com and at CatholicReview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Eric Zygmunt. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time. 
The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs, and jewelry plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish and everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. We're back on Catholic Baltimore and we're talking with Christopher Wesley, Director of Youth Ministry at St. Joseph's Parish in Cockeysville, Maryland. His recent book is Rebuilding Confirmation because we need more than another graduation. In this book you talk about steps that people can take to engage those preparing for confirmation. That's an acronym, S-T-E-P-S. What do you mean by that? So when we initially uh, launched the confirmation uh, process, uh, we discussed what's the ultimate outcome. When a student goes through our confirmation preparation, how are they going to look different um, towards the end than they did at the beginning? Now that's a bold question to ask because obviously it's really left up to the Holy Spirit and you know God's plan for that person and that person's willingness. But we're like, what what kind of qualities? How do we know that we're moving in the right direction? And so initially we talked about different habits and qualities and characteristics of a disciple. And if you were really to list out all those disciplines, I mean, it would be an endless uh, right. list. So we're like, well, let's try to fill a Bible. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Good point. So we, were, we, we decided that we would narrow, try to narrow it down to five. And this was actually a process that went beyond confirmation. Uh, you know, in fact, I was talking to Maggie German, uh, who's the children's director at Church of Nativity, and then Brian Crook and a couple of other people on staff there. And we were all discussing, well, what do we want a disciple of Jesus Christ to look like um, at Nativity? Uh, what are those characteristics? And so over a span of, I think over a year, we came up with these steps, five steps. Uh, the S, first S stands for serving in ministry and mission. Ministry being inside the church, building mission being outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the T is for tithing and worship offering, which kind of a side note was during my research for this book, it really shocked me how I could not find another resource that talks about money in preparation for confirmation, which the only reason that's a little shocking is that money is one of the most talked about things in the, in the Bible, money mm-hmm. and possessions. 
And, uh, you know, God even says, test me on this, you know, when it comes to our relationship with money, yet we don't prepare disciples for that. So anyway, uh, that was uh, the second uh, discipline. Uh, the third one was engage in small groups, E, engage in small groups. Because we believe life is not meant to be done alone, that you need um, these relationships to help you through your journey. The P stands for uh, practicing your faith through sacraments, prayer, and scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're all designed to have a relationship with God. That relationship is explored through scripture, through sacramental life, and also through prayer. And then the last is uh, sharing your faith through invest and invite. So in other words, evangelization. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with these steps and pretty much the curriculum and content of that program was finding these tools and resources, tangible tools and resources that we could give the candidates from the mentors to help them practice out those disciplines. Uh, and not just practice them out, but see how they can incorporate them in their everyday living. Uh, so maybe it was teaching them the Lexio Divina. Maybe it was um, plugging them into a ministry opportunity or a mission opportunity and having them commit to it for a while. Uh, with the tithing, uh, we had offered a um, money management workshop through a Dave Ramsey resource called I'm, Generation I'm, Change. I'm, yeah, I'm going through one of Dave Ramsey's right. other work, workshops. So yeah, yeah. It can be very effective. And so we wanted to basically educate these candidates but also give them the tools so that they could actually live out what it means to be mm -hmm. uh, a disciple and I it's interesting you mentioned engaging in small groups you know being as part of that because I think as some of our parishes become larger it mm -hmm. becomes harder to be a part of the parish right. if you're one of several thousand people who are in this parish it's tough but if you're in a small faith group of a handful of people five or six or even fewer you can build on that and help each, support each other in ways right. that that you can't as one of a thousand yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and nativity small groups are huge. And in fact, when I came to St. Joe's, uh, uh, they wanted to launch um, adult small groups. And, and so that's what we've been doing. And just seeing the life change, um, just in the few weeks that we've been doing it at St. Joe's, it's just been amazing. Talking to small group leaders about how people are really opening about their personal life, but also connecting it to Christ. And it just shows uh, that people are thirsting for these really authentic Christ-like relationships, mm -hmm. and we can offer them through the structure of small groups. Yeah, I was on a men's retreat one time, and and it was 150 guys from mm -hmm. our parish, and we were up in the woods in Prescott, Arizona. And uh, at one point, they said, "All right, anybody who wants to be in a small group, but isn't in one now, go to this side of the room." Okay, anybody who wants to meet mornings, go to this corner. Evenings, go to this corner. And then they said, "Okay, now turn around and find three other guys who are standing near you and make a group." And honest to God, we would not, nobody but the Holy Spirit would have put this group of four of us together, but we prayed together for five years. Wow. And prayed to each other through a lot of difficult times. And there's, there, there's a real benefit to that mm. when you have that chance to share your faith and hold each other accountable and do all the, the things you're talking about. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. In recent years, there's been a movement in the Catholic Church to return confirmation to what we call the sacraments of initiation. Right. Baptism, reception of uh, holy reconciliation, reception of First Holy Communion. That ar argument is that the early church grouped these sacraments together, and it, you know why did we tear them apart? Um, they also say confirmation was never intended to be a graduation right. or a, a, an adult uh, rite of passage in the church. So in the book, you're arguing that we don't need another graduation, but you're also not arguing to move this down into grade school. 
Yeah, and, and my point behind that is, and one thing that I've learned is if you want to solve the problem of people graduating their faith or leaving the church, I mean, the sacraments are not necessarily the place to solve that problem. I mean, it's a deeper discipleship step. It's a place where we go deeper in our relationship with, with, with Jesus Christ. Um, and so if a church wants to, or a diocese wants to move it to a younger age or an older age, I mean, there are plus logistical pluses and minuses, but the real question that you have to answer is how healthy is your other faith formation? If you don't have a healthy youth ministry and you don't have a healthy children's ministry, it doesn't matter where you put the sacraments. Because, as I mentioned, the sacraments are that step deeper. Um, the youth ministry and children's ministry are your foundation. And that's where kids will go back to or come from uh, when it comes to the sacramental prep. And in addition to having a good young children's ministry and a good mm. teen and youth ministry, you've got to give, have good whole life catechesis. I right. mean, you've got to be, be teaching the parents and the families how to be disciples or, or you're not going to make any progress, right? Right, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and that's uh, one of the things uh, we were learning at St. Joe's and one of the things we definitely tackled at Nativity where we wanted adults in small groups. We wanted them in ministry. We wanted them tithing. We wanted them, you know, uh, sharing their faith. And so this was something that wasn't just for the next generation, but it was for current generations as well. And so if you're not doing that for your adults and your kids and your students, then, you know, where you have the sacramental prep in a way is irrelevant. Yeah. If a parish follows the preparation process for confirmation that you advocate in, rebuilding confirmation, mentorship and dialogue instead of count classrooms, those kinds of things. How does that help make disciples, or as you call it, grow bold disciples? How, how does that, do we have a better chance of retaining these folks as Catholics as they grow up and go into families and into adulthood? Will they be in a position to evangelize others? Yeah, I'm, I think uh, a large part of, our, uh, of sharing our faith and growing in our faith is our confidence in our faith. And uh, there are so many times where even asking basic questions about our faith puts ourselves out there. And so what we need are men and women in our lives who are going to affirm us and challenge us to do that. And so while that can be done in a small group, uh, you only have, with, unfortunately with preparation uh, for a sacrament, you only have so much time. So you need to go deeper, quicker. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways to do that is in a more intense relationship uh, where trust can be earned a little bit quicker. Um, you know, if a parish is looking to follow the model of mentoring, I would say first step is to get rid of the classroom, to go more towards a small group model, and then build up those ratios to mm -hmm. uh, eventually where you can get to the one-on-two, one-on-one. We have just a little bit of time left, but if you were looking at an ideal program that wasn't in the classroom, that was using mentors in small groups, what kind of people are you looking for to be mentors in a program like this? Yeah, the type of men and women that I'm looking for are people who are enthusiastic about the local church, mm -hmm. um, who are enthusiastic about their relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, know that they're not perfect. Uh, know that they're not living out all the steps perfectly, but uh, can't wait to share what they're learning with uh, someone younger than them, and willing to walk with them and their family through this part of their life. Yeah, you talked about the fact that they need to be comfortable with teens. You don't have to be goofy or anything right. like that, but they, they need to be comfortable with teens or yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah, don't, you don't need someone who, like, patronizing them or talking down to them. It's someone, almost talk to them like you're talking to another adult mm -hmm. and allow them the platform to ask questions and to push back as well. 
That's great. We've been talking today with Christopher Wesley, Director of Youth Ministry at St. Joseph's Parish in Cockeysville, Maryland. His recent book, Rebuilding Confirmation, is available from the publisher, Ave Maria Press, and it's also available, of course, at Amazon and some other retailers. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Chris. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.